Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Dear Father, help us thy holy law to learn, to mourn our sin and from it turn, in faith to thee and to thy Son and Holy Spirit, three in one. Amen. Please be seated. One of, the, one of the marks of this postmodern world, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is that we, and I shouldn't maybe say we, but there are those, many in fact, who have this kind of odd idea that there is no such thing as objective truth. People deny that there is objective truth, even though they don't live as if there's no objective truth. We live as if things must be true all around us. For example, people stop for oncoming traffic when they get to a stop sign, right? They, they don't just drive right out in front of it. They act as if that traffic is really there. People feed their pets as if their pets really need to eat and feed themselves, for that matter, as if they really need to eat. Have you noticed in the last few years, even, even though there is this odd idea that there's no objective, objective truth, how many business, businesses now are putting the word true or some form of the word true in their name? For example, in Mankato, there's a real estate company now called True, T-R-U, Real Estate. Hilton Hotels now has True Hotels. Sales, a car sales company, True Car, maybe you've seen their advertisements. True Bank. There's a, there's a lawn care company called True Green. And it is as if the marketers somehow know that people are starving for something, is, for, for something that is true, even as they try to deny that there is such a thing. Well, there were some people in our Bible lesson for today who were not only starving to learn the truth, but they were hearing it. They were hearing it from the lips of the truth himself, Jesus. And it was having an effect on their heart. And because of this, Jesus makes a special address just to them. And that's our lesson for today, is what he says to those people who were beginning to believe his word amongst this crowd of people who are hearing it. And here is what we read. It's found in John chapter 8, and beginning with verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, <clears throat> As we arrive at this passage in John chapter 8, Jesus has been teaching. And you know what he's been teaching about? He's been teaching about himself. In fact, that was the main content of his message here on earth. It was about himself. When you hear these people who say, well, Jesus was a great teacher, but maybe that's all he was, was just a great teacher. <laughs> that's an odd thing to say because his teaching is about him. And he said, for example, I am the light of the world, just before we get to this passage in, in uh, 
John 8, verse 12, he says that. I am the light of the world. Whoever walks in me will not walk in darkness. And now because of the working of his word, as he teaches about himself to these people who are crowded around him, some of them are starting to believe it. And it is to them that Jesus makes the statement that we just read. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And that little phrase, Jesus says something very important. And what he is saying is that remaining in his word, that's what it means to abide. Abide, right? Your humble abode, that's where you live. It's where you stay, right? That's what abide means. To stay in his word, to continue is another translation uh, of this passage. To continue in his word. To stay in his word is what he is saying. Then you are truly my disciples. In other words, he is saying that to temporarily believe in Jesus is inadequate to make you his disciple, truly his disciple. Another time Jesus was teaching and he said this, he said, there are people who will believe in him for a time, but when testing comes, they fall away. That was in the parable of the sower. Well, they're not counted as true disciples, Jesus says, but those who continue in his word They are his disciples indeed. That's that's what he's saying. And you shall know the truth then, and the truth shall make you free. Well, free from what? That's what the people here in this, who were gathered around him, wanted to know. Free from what? We've never been slaves of anyone, they said to him after he said this. And then Jesus tells us from slavery to what in verse 34, which is, Right, which is two verses later than our text, obviously, since we end at verse 32. He says, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Ah, so that's what he sets us free from. So if we continue in his word, we will know the truth, and that truth will make us free. The Son sets you free. Now, By the way, we go on two more verses to verse 36. He says, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So which is it? Is it the Son that makes us free or is it the truth that makes us free? In other words, his word, the words he is speaking that makes us free. Which is it? Is this a contradiction of some kind? Well, no, of course not. They both set us free, but in different senses. So, for example, a man may have cancer, and he may, uh, he may go to a doctor, and the doctor prescribes chemotherapy for this man, and he goes to the hospital, and he gets his chemotherapy, and when he's cured of his cancer, he may say, I sure am glad I went to Dr. Smith. He, he cured me of my cancer. Or he might say, the chemotherapy cured me of my, or the medicine cured me of my cancer. But they're both true, aren't they, right? But in different senses, right? The chemotherapy was the medicine that the doctor used to cure him of his cancer. We could call it a tool or an instrument if we wanted to that the doctor used to cure him of his cancer. But it was the doctor's wisdom and knowledge that applied that medicine to him to cure him of his disease. 
Well, the word of God, the words of Jesus, those very words he's speaking to these people are the tools that he uses to develop faith in people's hearts. And that's why the truth will make you free from slavery to sin. Now, let's go back to a minute for what he emphasized in verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. There's a continuance in the word that is important for us. Right? You may have a besetting sin. Right? That's, that's what we call those sins of weakness that it just seems like we get tempted and, and, and we succumb to certain sins. And some people are susceptible to temptation in one area, maybe it's lust. Another person is susceptible to a temptation in another area, maybe it's gossiping or backbiting or whatever. And we all have our areas of weakness it seems like that the devil exploits for each one of us, and he knows us really well, and, and uh, he and his demons are quite capable of exploiting our weaknesses. And it is important to know, because you can get really discouraged if you don't understand that it is continuing in Jesus' word that sets us free from these sins. It might not be this week, might not be a year from now, but his word will accomplish it. And, and, uh, and so his word has this power to set us free, even from our besetting sins. But most of all, it sets us free from the condemnation of our sins, doesn't it? So it's important that we continue in this word inside of us. We have our old sinful nature that wants to forsake our Lord Jesus. And outside of us is this demonic world that attacks us. And also this culture of the world that attacks us and constantly tells us, you know, there's more pleasurable things than sitting down and reading your, reading your Bible. There, are, more, there are, are other things you might want to do right now, things that are uh, important and things that are more important at the moment than staying close to your Lord Jesus. More things that are exciting, things that are more exciting or more satisfying than continue with our Lord Jesus. But you know what? The devil and all his demons never gave their life for you. The people of this world wrapped up uh, tempting you to, uh, to fall away from the Lord Jesus, telling you that there are better ways of living. They didn't take your sins away. Only Jesus did that. Only he died on the cross and washed your sins away. And because he did, his freedom from sin, the freedom that he offers is real. It is true. And because he can make a promise that says, you'll put me to death, but I'm going to rise from the dead. And because he can keep a promise like that, you know that his word is truth. It's the truth that your own soul hungers for. So believe it, my friends. And the peace that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in him unto life everlasting. Amen. Would you please... Bow your head with me again. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that by your word and the power that inhabits that word, you have brought us out of the darkness in, uh, of error into the light of grace. And now we ask mercifully that you would, that you would mercifully help us to walk in that light 
Guard us from all error and false doctrine. Grant that we may not become ungrateful and despise your word, but receive it with all our heart. Govern our lives according to it and put all our trust in your grace through the merit of your dear Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forevermore. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.